Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. Nope, I'm kidding. Really I was good. kidding. It was a funny joke. Wow, Kelbunga, dude! <laughs> Batman the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. Like, really like Batman. Seated across the table from me is, um, I, I actually don't know who this is. It's a, he's very slender. Uh, he's a slender gent, I think. Um, I only see his eyes, mm. and they are haunted. Mm. Um, there's a ninja. Is this, are you, is this Mike Staub? Y- yes. Your, your mask is muffling so, your... Sorry, sorry. Let me take that off. Oh, great. Oh, it was me all along. It is indeed Mike Staub. And across the table from me, a master of many arts, but... Not the martial arts. Not, none of the martial arts. None of the Mr. martial Mr. Jordan Hugh. That's right. Uh, welcome, listeners. We are here to talk about Night of the Ninja. Yeah. An episode of the series that is no one's favorite episode. Definitely not. Nobody came here just to listen to... Night of the Ninja. There's a lot in this episode that I think could have been great. <laughs> uh, I think there's many aspects of this episode that I think fleshed out could have been good. But the episode is so contained to its 22-minute runtime that we're not really given anything. Yeah, It's a bad plot mm-hmm. by a bad villain who is not <laughs> interesting because they don't get time to grow. Yeah, I'll try to uh, lead a little positively. There is a lot to like in the episode, if you're looking to like it. Yes. Um, It is neat to see a little bit more about how Batman became Batman. Yeah. Even though it's a little thin. Uh, And it's neat to engage in a story that is, you know, uh, a story with characters who aren't just sort of the usual Batman villains. Yeah. Like, uh, Kyodai is not from Batman's traditional rogues gallery. No. So it's it's neat to see something a little different. That's okay time and again. I just don't think this episode is successful. No, I don't think it is. Uh, ultimately, this falls into the um, kind of grouping of superhero stories that I actually really like normally. These are Eastern tales? Is that where we're going with this? N- Kind of, it's it's like... It's like when Wolverine goes yeah, and hangs exactly, out in Japan. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I love that stuff. Like, I'll yeah. read those Wolverine comic books of Wolverine hanging out and well, doing... those are good, though. Do, doing jazz. Well, so are the Batman ones. I have To be honest, to be truthful, I have not really read the Batman stories where this is the case. And it's actually really funny where that Frank Miller has had a heavy hand in both of these characters developing through the 1980s. Okay. And, you know, whether you have Larry Hama working on Wolverine, you have... And and GI Joe. So the eighties were like Ninja Town. Yeah, there was ninja stuff in everything. Hence my turtles joke. Yes, yeah. exactly. The Ninja Turtles. You have GI Joe with uh, snake eyes and you know issues like um, uh, Silent Interlude, where it's a it's a it's a story that is told completely without text. Mm. It doesn't make sense because. Totally, because Snake Eyes is mute and... No, he's, he's blind and mute. I'm highly offended so, by whatever mistake you just made. What do you mean? I don't know. He, he's blind and mute? Yeah, Snake Eyes, the character from G.I. Joe, is both blind and mute. He can't speak and he can't see, but he can hear. But there's no speech bubbles in that comic book. <laughs> they okay. did it because they couldn't get a, get someone to like letter or something like that. I actually uh, talked to Larry Hama about this in person years ago, a few years ago, when uh, my brother and I randomly had lunch with him. And... Um, 
there was there it was actually a really fun and, and cool day and we talked about G.I. Joe we talked about Wolverine comics we worked on but 80s stuff was filled with ninja stuff so given Batman is kind of a ninja mm-hmm. in the way he operates he is. it makes a lot of sense that he would have this kind of ninja backstory and you know Kyodai who is also a ninja it's 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 a cool it's a cool place to draw stories from. Uh, I mean, same thing with Wolverine, right? And when Wolverine goes to Japan and he's like this Ronin character, like Wolverine is right. a masterless. And samurai. I I do like those stories. They're great. They're great. I just actually read a whole bunch of Wolverine comic books. I think uh, the digital versions were like the omnibus was like ten dollars, so I bought yeah. like four of them. Wolverine so specifically, Wolverine, and he's doing his he's doing ninja uh, stuff. Japanese stuff. Yeah, n- Wolverine's doing his ninja stuff, and his, he's more of a Ronin than a ninja. Batman's more of a ninja than a Ronin. Or a samurai. Um, for those of you who aren't aren't up to date on this information, a Ronin is a samurai who has no master. So they kind of okay. just like kind of like the uh, the character from uh, uh, Yojimbo. Would so be he's Ronin. the Clint Eastwood. He's the he's the wanderer, right, right? Right. The guy who walks through. Right. Who of so, course the the Clint Eastwood character is based on the Yojimbo. Yes, character. of course yeah. Yojimbo. Right. Um, so in this story, Batman is a ninja. He studies in Japan. That's really heavily influenced by like a lot of 80s stuff, but like we said, Snake Eyes, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, The Hand in comic books with Daredevil, Wolverine does a bunch of ninja stuff. So there's a lot of ninja stuff that goes on. So this is kind of a hold holdover and a hangover from the 1980s. And I, I, like I said at the beginning, I think this episode handles it poorly because I really do think there's actually probably a good mini arc here that could be told about right. younger Bruce Wayne yeah. in Japan. My initial thoughts on this episode is just that it's how good you think this episode is is entirely how interested you are in that villain. Yeah. In Kyodai. Yeah. Uh, because it, it the, the episode kind of lies to us. The episode kind of says like, hey, look at this flashback. We're about to learn a lot about Bruce and his training. We don't. We nah. kind of learn about his relationship and this one guy. Also- this, his relationship rather with this, uh, sorry, this dojo and this one guy. Yeah, and also I feel like they don't do Kyodai justice because... He's a really a big weenie. He's just a thief. Yeah. Like, he's this master martial artist. He's a ninja. And his goal is to just rob people. Right. Now, I gather that's probably actually... Probably kind of close to what the actual ninja did. Because the actual ninja... Is there really no code of honor for the ninja? Is that... Yeah, you it's know... It's kind of what they say. I don't want to get too into it because... Get too far into it because I'll probably be incorrect. So, for most of for most of my understanding, our con- concept of what the ninja were is completely incorrect. It's okay. all mythology. Right. It's all folklore. I always thought they were just like, oh, it's the... the the Cylon assassins. That's, yeah, you know. that's that's what we know them as. From what I gather and what I've read a little bit, it's like the the shinobi, which is kind of the Japanese term for the word ninja. Um, the shinobi were essentially, uh, they were essentially just kind of awful. Okay. You know, kind of like how we have this in Western mythology. We have this kind of idea that pirates were kind of these fun-loving folks we made them into like folk hero characters we made them into folk hero characters where pirates are terrifying (laughs) right real pirates pirates are you know rape you and kill you and and, throw you in in the water that's kind of the same thing with the ninja had they existed really at all okay so shinobi or the ninja 
you know, ninja is a word that's used because it was easier, I think, for for people who weren't of Japanese descent to understand and pronounce correctly. Sure. It's, it's a more westernized word, even though ninja does have a kanji, same thing with shinobi. Um, it's kind of one of those things where it's like everything about these guys is folklore. And from what I gather, you know, there was no code and they were just kind of okay. assassins and, and murderers and thieves and all this stuff. So it's actually probably close. Um, and I want to get more into some of the imagery of this episode as we kind of like go further. Yeah, so into we it. could stop off for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, got it. I think to your point, also, you know, with Western influence, I think the ninja were, you know, much like zombies. Yes, it was kind of like, oh, we're writing a story, throw in some ninjas, you yeah. know. And I don't think people really thought about what that really was doing. They're great fodder. To what ninjas are? They're or great. What they really yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're great fodder. They look cool. They use cool tools. Right. And I think the Ninja Turtles were probably, you know, a giant push for the popularity of the term because... I mean, that's the first... Those are the first ninjas I knew yeah, as that's a kid, the, right? Yeah, that's what we all knew, right? Those are the first ninjas we all knew. and But even they aren't ninjas. They're more like samurai. <laughs> they're samurai. Yeah, the Ninja Turtles are more like the samurai because they have a code of honor, especially Leonardo, right? Leonardo is the samurai of that group. Right. So... I find it very interesting that we have these ninja characters and they're so popular in, in the 80s and in the 90s and they've come back a little bit. Uh, I do love a good ninja story and I do love some some ninja characters. So uh, I was excited to watch this episode and I do right. like bits of it. I like a lot of the imagery. I like a lot of the, the stuff that we kind of touch, but ultimately uh, I think it falls short. Gotcha. This episode is also, just while we're mentioning sort of topics for discussion, this episode is an um, sort of a... Well, it's sort of a two-parter. Yeah, yeah. It's just that the two parts are not meant to be back-to-back. No. Uh, and, and it's not technically part one, part two. So this is Night of the Ninja. There is a later episode called Day of the Samurai. Yeah. And Kyodai will be back in that story. Yeah. Though they're not sequential. Uh, no. Meaning, like, you don't... You, you wouldn't watch them back-to-back. They're not meant no. to occur close together. But it is cool when they bring a character back yes. like that. I, I appreciate that uh, quite a bit. Now, this episode also got a bump, right? This got a, This was supposed to supposed to broadcast... This, this was, was... Yes. So this was... It's the 35th episode, produ- produced 35th, and it's broadcast 28th. Okay. Um... Yeah, I, I mean, I could see why you might bump this. Um, you know, it also expands the role of, of Robin. Yeah, yeah, we got uh, more Robin. A bit, so, and you know. And we've seen Robin a lot lately. Also, it's another episode where Robin's kind of pushed off by Batman. Right. Uh, though, in broadcast, this would have occurred much earlier than Robin's Reckoning. Yeah, you're right. Quite right. early. So, yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. You're right. So that Robin's Reckoning actually would have come on, like, the tail end of many episodes in which Batman's like, leave me alone. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, okay, looking at other just little things here, you know, this is one of really just two episodes where we see Batman training to become Batman, because mm-hmm. we have this venture with him in Japan, where he, we, we see we're like, okay, this is where he got his ninja skills, because as you said, yeah. Batman's clearly a ninja. A he, ninja he dresses yeah. in black, he uses mm-hmm. the smoke bombs, his his batarangs are famously just, famously just like shurikens, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. there's a lot of that going on with A him. lot of ninja imagery. Um, the other episode we'll see is Zatanna. Yeah, which right? I'm excited to watch. Me too. That's a much better episode, and that is more of like his magic, theatricality, disguise self, escape artistry. Like mm-hmm. that's the other half of the Batman stuff. Yeah. Um, and obviously, a movie we both love, Batman Begins, draws a yeah. lot from the stuff that we see mm-hmm. in sort of both of those episodes. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of Night of the Ninja in Batman Begins. Yeah, and I think it's much better. It's handled much better 
in Batman Begins. It is. It's also very interesting to kind of combine that with the Ra's al Ghul story mm-hmm. and the the League of well, the League of Assassins, but then called the League, League of Shadows. Shadows yeah. You know, that that same thing. Um, this episode does have a big sort of anime influence. Yeah, it definitely does. It's got it's got that. Obviously, Batman the animated series in general is kind of guided by an invisible anime hand throughout most of it. And right. uh, obviously, you know, anime had not been popularized in the United States uh, to the to to the degree where people would understand and draw the conclusion there. Right. Even though technically Batman is being drawn by Japanese oh, yeah. animation studios, All the time. but Batman famously the style is not anime. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Um yeah, hey, let's take a little bit of uh, IMDb trivia Ooh, on this episode. My favorite so, I saw this in the trivia. I didn't see it on screen. Maybe I need to adjust the colors on Maybe. my screen. During the training scene, Bruce Wayne is revealed to be a black belt. Yeah, obviously. While Dick Grayson is revealed to be a green belt? Yeah, I did notice that. I did that notice doesn't that make sense. a green belt. They uh, would both be black belts. I met, Well, I would... I know black belts. Not that hard. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, Robin's clearly a back black belt. <laughs> he just put up every black belt we know on blast. Right. Yeah, be like, yeah. you're not a black belt. Come my on. friend Rick that works in accounting is a black belt. Robin is a black belt. Listen, he's a master of many forms. Well, he has a pot belt. I actually... I, I once, Sorry, I, Rick. I actually once heard uh, a lot of martial arts studios referred to as black belt factories. Yeah. Because young... They've devalued it. Yeah, because... Parents just want to see... Pro- oh, well, you're a teacher. You know what this is about. Oh, yeah. Parents want to see their students achieve greatness with... And they will complain until they get it. That's it. So yeah. give that kid a black belt, even though he might not deserve Every it. Every child must win the Super Bowl every yeah. year in education. Yes, exactly. Uh, that, we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, that's the one where Batman uh, Batman flunks out of college. <laughs> yeah. Out of bat you. Yeah. Um, this episode and Batman the Animated Series Zatanna, which we just talked about, are the only two episodes to show Bruce Wayne during the period of his life when he was training to be Batman. That is true. We will get lots of flashbacks to earlier versions of Batman. We saw this in Robin's Reckoning, of mm-hmm, course, but mm-hmm. technically these are before he even becomes Batman. Yeah. Um, a reference to this episode was made when Bruce rebuffed Zatanna's advances, saying he was getting ready to travel to Japan in order to further his studies. So when we actually finally get to Zatanna, it's important that we know the flashbacks in Zatanna take place before the training that happens in Night of the Ninja. Yeah, see, I'm actually uh, getting ready to go to Japan as well, but sadly not to become Batman. I know. You're, you're <laughs> going to go play play concerts in Japan. Music. He's going to play music. Different, different, A different skill. The life of a rock and roll star. Uh, what can you do? Leave the rest of us here. Uh, okay. Uh, this episode was included as a special feature from the DC Comics Vault on the Blu-ray release of Batman's Soul of the Dragon, uh, a property I have not heard of until I have just read that sentence. Yep. So whatever that is, I don't know. Hopefully I should watch it. Allegedly, Kyodai Ken's name means giant sword. Let's yes. check in with the one of the two of us that actually speaks Japanese. So I got to see the kanji. I would say that this is correct. I, sword Ken can mean sword. It could also mean fist. So based on the based on the episode, it makes sense that it would be sword because the whole episode is kind of about him stealing a sword. Yes. Um, Kyodai obviously means gigantic or very very large, and uh, Ken can mean fist. Like for example, uh, the video game series. Wait, Tek- so his Tekken. name could be Giant Dick. Maybe. Giant Sword. Giant Sword. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I'm feeling it. Yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, but famously, we would see. Ken used his fist in the video game series Tekken, which is um, okay. Tech uh, Tech is a shortened version of of Tepan in Japanese is iron. 
but okay. you can say it as like Tech, and then uh, Ken is Fist. So the Iron Fist tournament is Tekken. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's probably also why Ken's name in Street Fighter is Ken. <laughs> right. And of course, we would want to keep the name Tekken because anything called Iron Fist here in the States automatically fails. Oh, yeah, yeah. We saw that happen with the uh, failed TV show yes. Iron Fist. Very bad. Yes. Uh, the worst of the Marvel uh, Netflix shows. <laughs> yeah. All right. The The last of the IMDb trivia here that I actually want to cover because we'll, we'll have some things to discuss during the episode. At one point, Summer Gleason, who is featured prominently in the episode, refers to Bruce Wayne as the Bruce. Oh, yeah. Anyone who was alive in the 90s would remember famously that all the tabloids and all like the uh, entertainment Tonight shows and stuff like that always called Donald Trump what? The Donald. The Donald. Similarly, how they would call Michael Jackson Wacko Jacko. Wacko Jacko. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. we're going to do great. We're going to do great things. <laughs> Let me tell you, here in Gotham City, it's going to be great. Yes. So, very funny. Yep, they call him the Sorry, Bruce. I don't, I don't mean to evoke... That was pretty evoke... good, the Donald, by the way. <laughs> I don't mean to evoke that man, but... That was pretty good. I had to. Imagine. It was good. Yeah, thanks. My yeah. Donald is not good. Yeah. China, China, this is the best. This is the best I can do. We're gonna, we're gonna do a lot of great things. They don't want us to tell you about it, but we're gonna, gonna do, them do anyway. a lot of great things in Gotham City. I mean, you get us set up with China. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I can't really do Trump. Yeah. Ugh. I'm not good with president voices. They're hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm bored. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not bored. I'm, I'm not bad as Abraham Lincoln, though. Ooh. I can do the Abraham Lincoln voice. <laughs> I'm the president of the United States, and I'm clothed in immense power, and you will procure me those votes. But I can only do Lincoln if it's Daniel Day-Lewis Lincoln. I can't do, like, the real Lincoln. It's the only time any of us have ever heard Lincoln, so if anyone gives you a hard time about it, screw them. It is a little funny that there are so few movies that have Abraham Lincoln in them. I know. I can think of two. Yes. Lincoln and Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yes. Otherwise, I don't know another movie that actually has Lincoln in it. No. Oh, except for when Brendan Fraser is Lincoln for two seconds in Bedazzled. Yeah. That's, that's a movie. I've seen Bedazzled. I like Bedazzled. Yeah, me too. Um, and you know what? The rest of the IMDb trivia stuff would be spoilers for the episode we're about to talk about anyway. Yes. So, you want to go? Do you think it's time, Mike? Is it time for our night of the ninja? Yes, I will say konbanwa, which is good evening. All right. You and your fancy Japanese words. I'm going to stick to English. That's fine. All right. Season one, episode 35, Night of the Ninja. The title card is of a shadowy ninja figure with yellow eyes holding oh, up a sword ready to attack. Eyes. And the sword has like a glimmer of like shine on it. Um, the lettering is like that it's stereotypically dude, dude, it's Eastern lettering. It's bad. Um, like the kind you would see for a Japanese restaurant. Yep, which is also bad. Um, and then there's kind of like a, yeah, just it's just sort of a generic title card. It's yeah, not great. Not great. Um, this episode was directed by Kevin Altieri, and it was written by Steve Perry. Not the lead singer of Journey, Steve shame. Perry. This is a different Steve Perry, though. I did look it up just in case. I was like, <laughs> did Steve Perry maybe moonlight as a writer on BTAS? Love will find you. You know, funny enough, um, they are only two years apart in age. Oh, wow. So I mean, they're both professionals around the same time. That's it. So, I mean, yeah. hey. Uh, okay, we get... I'm going to refer to this as the stereotypical Eastern music. Yeah. That just kind of plays through the whole episode. Yeah. Um, it is meant to be just more evocative of Japanese themes. I don't think it's an actual song. Nah. Um, Doesn't feel that way. 
And yeah, I, I hate to be this way. It all a lot of the music in this episode feels very like Japanese restaurant to yeah, me. Like yeah, it is yeah. not. Uh, it kind of lacks authenticity in mm-hmm, a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much like a background mood music type thing. It is, and I, I'm not really accusing the show of being culturally insensitive. I actually think you know they 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 of course had the best intentions always. It just feels a little. I don't know. It feels a little glossy. Like yep. it feels a little like not real. Cheap. Cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We get, uh, oh, you know what? Two, like a little bit of like old martial arts movie, yeah. but like ones that were produced in the West. Yes. You yeah. know, like that kind yeah, of a yeah, thing. Yeah. All right. We start here. At, it's an exterior shot of Wayne Cosmetics. Yeah. I didn't realize this was a thing. By the uh, way. Wayne, well, so what we come to realize now is that Wayne Enterprises is a huge, huge umbrella company. Yeah. That owns probably, I don't know, thousands or hundreds of different companies yep. that are all Wayne blank. Yeah. So Wayne Cosmetics is one of them. And that's where they make all that Gaff Morgan makeup. <laughs> right. This is where he, he can become Gaff Morgan anytime. Yeah. Uh, we have an electric sign that is like an animated pair of kissing lips. And inside we get a close-up on some hands typing. So this is like the business office of this company. Yeah. The desk clock lets us know it's very late at night. It's like almost 2.30 in the morning. We pan across the room, and there's a yeah man typing the computer. We see like this big safe in the mm-hmm, corner of the room, mm-hmm. and then a silhouette appears at the window of the door, and then a hissing sound as um, this like purple smoke yeah. billows uh, underneath. The typist starts to cough. We figure out that this must be knockout gas because the guy gets out. What the? Yeah. And then he passes out. Typical ninja gear knockout gas. <laughs> yeah, I don't I have never known ninjas to use knockout gas, but Batman uses smoke bombs. He so does. I was like, okay, this yeah, little crossover. Yeah. The door opens revealing fully a ninja. Just a yep. just a ninja. He's a tall slender man in a black ninja mm, how do I say this? A Yoroi? Yo 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 I'm gonna try to not be super weebish about it. It's a Yoroi. Yoroi. Yeah, Yoroi. 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 This guy walks in wearing a ninja costume. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, a traditional ninja outfit, um, but it is marked uh, with yeah. like a red sash mm-hmm. and the ninjato yeah. blade. Is ninja- that correct? Nin- ninjato blade, yeah. Yes. Um, he moves to the large safe in the room. Now that the other guy's been knocked out, he attaches like a safe cracking device and it opens the safe pretty easily. We get this huge uh, pile of money inside. And I listen, I don't know what they're doing at Wayne Cosmetics, but they're doing it very well. Dude, that Gaff Morgan makeup was good, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. Um, the ninja begins to bag the loot coins first. I don't know why you wouldn't go for the cash. All right. So I don't know if this is the reason why, but in Japan, pretty much up to 500 yen is coins. So, so does he think the value is in the coins? No, I just think that maybe... I don't think that's a nod to that. But when I saw it and I'm like collecting the coins first and then I read your, your synopsis here, I was just like, well, you know, up to... Fi- essentially, 500 yen is essentially five bucks. Right. So when you're in Japan, you're walking around with a pretty much a pocket full of change co- coins constantly. And most people in Japan, myself included, when I'm over there, carry like a coin purse where you put all the coins. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right. So... Not like here in America where we don't carry anything. We carry a credit card. Yeah, or a phone. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was just odd to me because he so opens the, this safe and like, I think any of us would be like, let me get as much of the cash into the well, bag as of I can. Of course. But still also just a little other tidbit over there. Um, from my experience in Japan, still very much a cash culture. Okay. Which I find to be interesting. That is interesting, especially because they're so like technologically savvy yeah, yeah, and like everything's yeah. like electronic yeah. over there. Everything a lot of cash. Cards. Okay. A lot of cash. Gotcha. From my experience. No, that's my yeah, experience. No, no, I got you know, it. Um, as a gaijin. 
What does that mean? Uh, outsider. Oh, okay. Yeah, foreigner. Yeah. I feel like a gaijin right now. Yeah. What a gaijin. Um, the ninja <laughs> hears a door opening and a uh, a security guard with the strangest voice I have ever heard enters going, Hey, you stop! Yeah, yeah. He's uh, yeah. But the ninja's already gone. We get an exterior shot of this room. Um, and then... Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. We actually go up to the roof. That's where we are. Mm -hmm. So we're underneath that cosmetic sign from before. The security guard comes up to the roof. He has a gun. It gets, like, ninja-starred out of his hand. So a shuriken is thrown, and it's thrown so deftly that the gun is actually pinned to the wall by its trigger guard. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And then the, the poor security guard's, like, panning his flashlight across the rooftop, finally sees the ninja... And the ninja moves so quickly and swiftly that all we hear is like a shink. Yep. And the top half of the flashlight's just been severed. Yeah. It kind of looks like bamboo. Right. So what samurai would, you know, I've seen this sometimes. It's like a show-off type of thing. It's like a showmanship thing. You'd see someone cut through like a whole bunch of bamboo with a samurai sword. Like they actually have like a rack for it where you cut okay, through it. It right. does that classic like slice that you would see in like an anime. Well, where, that's what I'm saying. This is a very anime yeah. moment where it's just like characters just run past each yeah. other and you hear the shink and then everything's fine. Yeah. And then like one second goes by and then the guy like slides in half. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> right. So <laughs> that's that. kind of what happens with this flashlight. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I thought he was going to do some some more stuff like that, but... No, I, he doesn't, I, I, real, I, weirdly. He does a couple of He's things. He's more of a hand-to-hand character, yeah, 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 yeah. he fights out. with his hands. Like, he does stuff with the sword, but not enough. Yeah, no, more sword. He has a good fight with the water tower later. Yes. Uh, we get an establishing shot of Wayne Manor high on the hill. We cut to a training room inside the manor, which is... It's kind of, you realize now, made to look kind of like the dojo mm-hmm, where he mm-hmm, used to mm-hmm. train. Um, Bruce and Dick are standing opposite each other, both wearing... They look like karate geese. Yeah, they are. They bow to each other. I guess Dick has a green belt. I didn't notice. Um, Dick kind of makes two passes at Bruce, and Bruce just fucking flattens him. <laughs> beats him so badly. He just beats him so bad. Robin's like, well, sorry, some of us aren't perfect. Uh, Alfred comes in with bad news. Don't reports, have a cow, man. <laughs> Don't have a cow, man. Whoa, cowabunga. Yo! Uh, Alfred comes in with bad news. Reports of another robbery of a Wayne Enterprises company. As Dick comments, the sixth one in less than two weeks. Seventh corrects Bruce. Oh, man. So he's keeping score. Yeah. So we get quickly back to Wayne Cosmetics that morning. The accountant that we saw earlier is giving his report to Gordon and the other men at the crime scene, the other cops. And the details are pretty scant, uh, but the the assailant was reported to be like a, a man dressed in black, basically a ninja. Yeah. Bruce Wayne arrives looking grim in his usual lovely brown suit. It's ugly. It's real ugly. Gordon points out that the robber left something behind and that's when he points to the shuriken and the... Uh, a security guard's revolver that has been pinned to the wall. And this takes us into the first flashback. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the first flashback is with the young Bruce Wayne. So the show tends to do young Bruce Wayne just being like the same dude. He doesn't have smile lines. Yeah. He has more front hair. Yeah. And he's like minus 50 pounds. Yeah, he's he's a lot leaner. He's a leaner. Not that, of course, Batman's out of shape. He's in incredible shape, but he's like a bulk. Big dude. Yeah. Young Bruce Wayne was just trim. Yeah, like trim. so he's like yeah. in his twenties, trim. More neck, more more neck. Yeah, he's got like more more like you can. He's got a longer more neck. raptor, less T Rex. Exactly. Because now Yo, he's, he's all T Rex. Old man now. Batman's all T Rex, baby. Yeah. Bruce Wayne is a thumb. Yeah. he's just a big yeah. fucking guy. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're in this flashback. Um. We get this. Yeah. The the the, the Japanese music returns. Yes, it has. 
And Bruce is squaring off against an opponent of similar age with a really distinct look. Uh, he's got like a bald head. Both men are wearing karate geese, so it kind of parallels the earlier scene with Dick. Um, the wider shot reveals the setting. It's a formal dojo with students looking on to watch the match. A elderly master is seated at the other end of the room. And Bruce and his opponent fight fiercely, but Bruce loses. He's tossed clear across the mat. And the master stands and announces Kiyodai as the victor. Some context here. Um, all of these characters speak English, yeah. but they are all clearly Japanese. Yes. Bruce Wayne is the only white character. Yes. I think they are probably speaking English for the benefit of the children's audience watching yeah. this show. But I think if this show got made now, they'd probably go for subtitles. Oh, if it was a movie or if it was made now, it would absolutely use subtitles. Yeah. I mean, kids today are so much more accustomed to reading subtitles than They we are, were. and also kids today watch way more anime way here, more here anime in the West than, than they ever. used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean... It's, there's so much good anime going on right now. Go to Crunchyroll.com and download it. Right. Uh, Kyodai's a real dick. The first line he has in this episode is, Don't be depressed, Wayne-san. You're not bad for a rich man's pampered son. So, so yeah. So, that's <laughs> Robert Ito, right? Is that Robert the Ito a- actor's is the name? actor here. So, he's the guy who played Mr. Miyagi on the Karate Kid cartoon. In the cartoon. In the cartoon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Back he's got a great voice. Oh, excellent voice. I love it. Yes. Um, the master here will not con- uh, will not take this like sort of unsportsmanlike conduct. It's dishonorable. The master attacks Kyodai, puts him on his back. He reminds Kyodai that there's always someone better, and he forces him to apologize. And Kyodai, you know, to his credit, he bows to Bruce. Bruce returns the gesture, but it's still tense. Yeah. As Kyodai dresses, Bruce fixates on a huge tattoo that he has on his back of a. I don't like, know. It's an oni. Okay, it there we go. Like from, I was going to say I'm, like a if, Japanese demon. If I if I remember it correctly, I think it's like an oni, uh, which is like a Japanese demon or ogre or right, something. Right, it kind of like looks that. like an ogre. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like pretty unforgettable. And actually, I was a little shocked because this is a yakuza thing, right? So yeah. So for those of you who aren't uh, aware of this in the culture, first of all, uh, Japanese in Japan, uh, tattoos are still kind of taboo. Okay. To this day, any are, any tattoo, any tattoos. There are onsen. It's so funny because uh, Americans come back from ja- from Japan with with lots of Japanese words on their bodies. Yeah, exactly. That uh, don't have the right meaning. Anyway, this says water. Yeah, it, it does not. It says piss. Um, <laughs> you are piss. So, in Japan, tattoos, while they're more accepted now, uh, there there's there has always there has been like a taboo against it because. The culture has it that pretty much, if I'm correct about this, uh, taboo. Uh, the taboo behind tattoos is that tattoos are pretty much only on the bodies of criminals. So okay. there are actually onsen, which are hot springs, that actually don't. There are a lot of uh, hot springs that actually don't allow people with tattoos to be there, or to oh, use really? the baths. Yeah, yeah. To this day, there are still. So if you do go to an onsen that doesn't like tattoos, you have to cover them up or something. So if like you're that. in the yakuza gang, you can't go to the hot springs. You have your, you have your own <laughs> hot springs at that point. Okay, I, I would imagine it. the yakuza probably have their own hot springs that they go to. Um, and onsen are great. So if you ever do go to Japan, please be sure to go to a real con, which is a traditional inn, and an onsen, which is a, a an incredible place to go. But um, when I saw it on his back, I was like, oh, cool, Yakuza. So are we going to get more of that? And we don't. I'm taking the break here to just state that I'm a little bitter <laughs> that 
I have to do yes, the Japan episode. Yes, I know, I know. Like, I know. I'm taking us through the episode. I don't speak Japanese. I don't really know anything about Japanese culture. I probably missed all the references in this episode. So this whole episode is me just, like, doing the plot while you do all of the Japan stuff. Play I by play feel, in color. I just feel stupid. I'm sorry. I don't mean to make you feel stupid, No, man. it's fine. I'm, I Thank God we have you. But Would I'm you like, l- uh, yeah, there's Asian music. He's got a tattoo. I don't know. Should I back off? No, this is this is good. This so is, yeah, this is what the people want, all Mike. Right, all right, all right. So I'll just tell you that much. Yeah. So typically, yakuza are the one, especially the back tattoo. Back tattoos, like your whole back, is a tattoo that is like quintessential yakuza stuff. To the point where like older yakuza guys like can't sweat anymore because they're they so get, inked up. Because their tattoos are also, I think they're done with wood. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, there's like old school ways of doing the tattoos that I'm not 100% sure of, so I don't want to talk to it too much. But like back tattoos like that, that is a Yakuza thing. And the ninja kind of, you know, Yakuza has been around for as many years as the as the ninja. And they're but probably these all guys related. don't really walk around with their shirts off, do they? Like how? Oh, they do. Oh, when you're in the Yakuza, it's, it's usually known in oh, Japan. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll they'll walk, they'll take their shirts off right. or, or um, they, they dress very flashy. Right, and again, not meaning to be insensitive, truly something I know nothing about. Yeah, so well, I do not there know is a, what I'm talking. An about. amazing series of video games by Sega. I, that is actually Yakuza. weirdly the only reason I know about yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I would highly suggest if you you like open worldish kind of action games that are goofy and fun, Yakuza one zero through six are very good. And if you want to play a turn based RPG that takes place in that world, I highly suggest Yakuza Like a Dragon. Mike, excuse me, I don't think our listeners, and certainly I, am not interested in these video games for children I'm sorry now let's get back to this children's cartoon okay um, so uh, we get in this scene Bruce staring down the ninja star that yeah. like brings him out of the flashback we have Summer Gleason in this scene yeah um, she does more in this episode than I think she really does in any episode yeah. no, of the right. series so far you're the right. biggest part she had so far was in Christmas with the Joker yeah which is way back She's a different character in this episode. Yeah, a bit. she's very pushy. She's very. They made her more Lois Laneish. Lo- yes, which I didn't hate. By no, the way. I don't actually hate it was at all. pretty I like good. It. I, like I kind of hope she stays this way. I don't I like remember. Lois Lane. Me too. Because if we remember her from very early in our series, nothing to fear. Yeah. When when uh you know Bruce is at the function for the university, mm-hmm. it's being terrorized by the Scarecrow and nothing to fear. It's actually the Scarecrow's first appearance. Yeah. Um, the director for the university, like the head of the, I think he's like the president of the university, basically tells Batman that like he's, sorry, he tells Bruce yeah. that he's dishonoring his like family's yeah. memory or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. He, he says something really dickish to him. Yeah. And Summer, in the elevator, like says something nice and comforting to Bruce. And it kind of led me to believe like, oh, maybe these two have a friendship. That does not seem to be the case in this episode. No, She's kind not. of obnoxious to him. Yeah. And sort of in general, but in a way I liked, like yes. in a way that made her more of a character. Like she it, stepped forward. It makes sense. It makes sense. She's trying it to does. figure out what's going on, and he's kind of withholding information. Right. Um. So yeah, yeah she's I, yeah. big. Gale Weathers energy. She has big Gale Weathers energy yeah. in this episode for sure. Yeah. Um. That's yeah. your note, not mine. No, no. Yeah, it's fine. Bruce is on the rooftop here. He's you know looking around. Summer mentions to him that you know two of his buildings have burned down. Another's been blown up. This one's computer system's been wrecked. You know, uh, Gordon wants to know how she knows that. She says a good reporter has her sources. Uh, Bruce de- declines to comment at all, which leaves Summer Gleason totally miffed. You can't ignore the press, Mr. Wayne. Um, so she, we, we get the idea she's going to keep pushing until she finds something out. Mm-hmm. But she's looking for what Bruce is looking for. What is the connection yeah, uh, to all know. these robberies? 
Uh, next, we get an interior shot of the Batcave looking down on the Batmobile. It's a pretty cool shot. Yeah. Batman climbs in, and Dick is just too late to catch up. He's not, not even in his costume. Not this time, Dick. <laughs> Batman closes the hatch of the Batmobile, leaving only Dick's reflection on the window, <laughs> and he jets away as Dick and Alfred are left to just kind of speculate at what's eating him because Batman does not express his feelings to anyone. No, no, we no. We do not know what is wrong. That's his toxic trait. That's right. One of the many. Right. And they actually call him out for it in this episode. Yeah, they do. Um, Batman's driving the Batmobile. We get the second flashback now. And we get this transition shot of a circle of candles reflected in his eye. Mm-hmm. And he's remembering. And he's the young Bruce. He thinks he's alone, standing in a circle of candles, using just the force of the finesse of his blows to snuff out candle flames, which, you know, without knocking the candles over, which I have to imagine is incredibly hard. Quite difficult. Right. Um, it turns out his master, Yoru, yeah. uh, Yoro-sensei, uh, has been watching him all this time, and he says, you practice as if you're a man obsessed. And uh, it seems like Bruce was not aware he was even being watched. The two men bow to each other. Bruce explains that he has to practice because he he lost to Kiyodai, and yeah. he has to be the best there is no matter what it takes. Now, we, the viewer, know why that is. It's because he's training to become a spirit of vengeance, the Batman, to avenge his parents' death, or his parents' murder. Um, maybe the Master doesn't know that. I guess he doesn't. Um, but Yoru explains that sometimes defeat is much more instructive than victory. Um, I'm going to do this now, just because I'm afraid I'm going to miss the payoff of this later. The most important part of this episode is that Batman doesn't, beat Kyodai early in his career. He can only beat him once he's become Batman, right? In this case, it takes losing to this man to understand what it takes to win. Mm-hmm. And this is something actually we'll see throughout comics in general for yeah. Batman. Yeah, I actually really like that line. I like the line too. Like yeah, that, the was, that was good. Yeah. Uh, we transition back to the present. We get an exterior shot of Wayne Tower from the ground. And, you know, as previously seen, you know, Wayne Tower is basically this universe's Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. Our ninja friend is back. He's using a grappling hook to get onto the roof, just like some other Batman that I know. It's a hell of a climb. The ninja stealthily sneaks across the rooftop. Clouds pass over the full moon. And when the clouds are gone, Batman is there. Batman. Batman. So these two have a confrontation. The ninja's pretty amused. We, it's it's Kyodai. I think we could just yes, say uh, that by now. We know that. Right. Uh, is like, oh, the famous Batman. I'm flattered. He tells him, my business isn't with you. And if you just go away now, basically, I'll let you live. Mm-hmm. Batman is not about that. Clearly, these two are going to fight. So they square off, and it actually looks like their abilities are like pretty similar, like the way they move around each other, which should be a hint to Kyodai. Which isn't. But it, it isn't. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very funny. He comes at Batman with the ninja sword, and Batman thinks he's in here for a fair fight, and then... He pulls out the knockout gas yeah, gun yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Kyodai's just like, yeah, I'm a ninja sort of. Here's some knockout gas, though. Yeah, here you go. Just in case. Um, Batman deflects with his cape, but it's too late. Sleep. He collapses. He coughs. Um, Kyodai raises the sword to strike, and that would be where our first commercial break is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when we return from the commercial break, we get a bird orang. I guess. I guess. That knocks the sword from Kyodai's grasp, from the ninja's grasp. It's Robin's the rescue. He delivers this super 90s line with a straight face. Hey, dipstick, Batman's my pal. He could be a major jerk, but you gotta love him. And nobody tries to fillet him when I'm around. Thanks, Bart. Yeah, yeah. Michelangelo. Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Oh, boy. 
It's, uh, it, this it's is, the, these it's, are the things that make me hate Robin. It's the whole. It's the same vein. I love this, and this happens again at the end of the episode. The ninja's just kind of like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not fighting. Yeah. He runs away. See ya. Another time, then. The ninja grabs his sword. He darts away. Robin does catch him with another bird orang as he flees in, in, I think, the episode's best moment. Yes. The bird orang catches him in the back, and it actually, like, cuts open his, uh, I'm not going to try, his ninja costume. Yeah. And it reveals Kyodai's demon tattoo from the first flashback. Batman gasps, because now he realizes it's Kyodai. Kyodai. Kyodai gets away, jumps off the roof. Robin looks down into the traffic below. How'd he do that? Or no, he says, how does he do that? Which should remind us of every time Batman has done this to Gordon. Robin goes back to check on Batman, uh, who makes a quick recovery, stalks off without even thanking Robin. And Robin kind of sulks, right? Hey, thanks for saving my bacon, Robin. No problemo, Batman. He actually says problemo. (laughs) Just, just, I, you know. So bad. That's what I call 90s, volume two. (laughs) That's... That's what he is. He's exactly that. He's exactly that. Don't have a cow, man. I caramba. Oh, boy. We get a shot of the Batmobile on the highway coming toward the camera, which is actually really cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, Interior shot of the vehicle. Robin confuses the assailant for a samurai. He actually says, who was that samurai? Mm -hmm. And he wonders if his gas gun was, check out this phrasing, if if it was according to Hoyle, which is... (laughs) I don't know this reference. That's an incredibly old saying. According to Hoyle refers to Hoyle's Book of Games. Oh, okay. Which is the book of games like that you would buy with like a Hoyle playing card deck. And like when you're playing a game of cards, you can refer to the rules book, which is Hoyle's rules book. The rules card. I, I don't know what child they thought was watching this that would be like, oh yeah, naturally, Mr. Hoyle's Book of Games. I don't even think most parents would get that. Right. That I mean, that is an expression like, you know, died in the wool or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a, an expression, but it's so out of any child's reach to say that. Well, whatever. Whatever. Batman corrects him, telling Robin that this man is a ninja, not a samurai, and the ninja's only code is to get the job done. So we get this idea that, at least in Batman's mind, the ninja have no honor. Yeah. Right? I mean... Which is interesting because he did train as one. He did train as one, and also Batman... While Batman has honor as a character... He has, he has more of a code, I He guess, has a right? code, but Batman does what he needs to do to get the job done. He does, but I don't He know. doesn't kill. It's, it's a little interesting. Batman in our animated series is very honorable. Yes. He's the most honorable yes. interpretation of Batman. He is more like a samurai. Yeah. A this, this version of Batman. This version. But Batman also, though, will cheat. He will when exploit. When he has to. Yeah. He, yeah. So, so he, there is a bit of that ninja in it. A bit of that shinobi code. You know what? Yeah, he will break the code if he can help someone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, a neutral good, right? Right. Right. Yeah, I, so, think, I think Batman will just... Uh, uh, he'll um, uphold the highest mm-hmm. good, whatever the costs. Well, I think Batman, in general, like as a, as a presence, is most most often a chaotic good character. He is. He's also motivated by vengeance, yeah. which is just not a lawful thing. It's not, yeah, it's, you know not, what I mean? it's not a lawful thing. But I think we do get aspects here where Batman is neutral good, where he just does the right... Does what he has to do for the better betterment of good... For the right reasons, right? Because that's when neutral good is. You do the right thing I'm for the right reasons. Trying to remember like all of like the classic D and D memes where it was like, here's the alignment chart and which one Batman typically falls. They, in. Is he chaotic? Good? There's one that or they, neutral good. There's one that they have Batman for all of them. Well, yeah, I don't know. Chaotic evil is when Batman he's kicking. Batman can't be chaotic evil. He's when he's kicking that guy eating the ice cream. 
I guess so. I think Batman Batman is probably if Superman is lawful good, Batman should be chaotic good. Chaotic I've seen people good, have right. him as neutral. As in like true neutral because he's a bit of a judge. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think Batman would be on the on the good side of things. But hey, you D and D nerds can uh, argue is, this in the comments. What's Punisher? See, here's the problem. I get tro- in trouble for this because I say Punisher's chaotic good. Because, but people get mad at me because oh, they, they say... They don't like you saying he's good. They don't like me saying he's good because he kills people. I'm like, but he only kills bad people. Right. For the betterment of good. I think I would also put Punisher as chaotic good. He's a murderer. Right. But he murders evil people. Right. Interesting. These are not as easy as some others. Like, no. Superman is clearly lawful good. Yeah. Spider-Man is clearly neutral good. Neutral good, yeah. Some others are not as easy. Thor Wolverine is, th- is chaotic good. Yes. Thor, chaotic good, right? Thor, chaotic good. Yeah, yeah. Captain yeah. America, lawful good. Well, oh no, you know what? Crosses he, that line. He's usually anti-establishment. So this is why this oh, okay. is why Civil War is so interesting right, because right. Civil War pits a normally chaotic good character in Iron Man and a normally lawful good character in Captain swaps America. Them. Swaps them and pits them against each other, and that's why Civil War is so intriguing. Not the movie, the comic book series. That is good. Mm-hmm. All right, we have that's to the most interesting. Come back from this. The, the most interesting fights I think in comic books are when you take. Lawful good versus chaotic evil is not interesting. Right. The most interesting is when chaotic good goes up against lawful good or when something like that happens or when neutral good goes up against lawful good, like stuff like that. I will say this. Batman doesn't really strike me as a chaotic character. Maybe he's more neutral good. I think maybe he's chaotic. Him as an exist... He he breaks the law as... He's just such a preparer. I know. I know. But the reason why I think... But maybe like being orderly doesn't count on this axis. Well, also he's like... He doesn't care about law. Hey, listeners, do me a favor. Write us in. Tell us what you think Batman's alignment is. Yeah, yeah, Give like examples. Yeah, yeah. We would actually... I think a vigilante though typically is... Would be known as chaotic good. Typically. Right. Because their existence breaks the law. They're... Okay. Just existing is is against. Anyway, <laughs> right. we're we're spending too much time on this. No, no, that's I, I I'm happy we're having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, his code is a big part of this episode. Yeah. So I mean, there is a lawfulness to that too because it's his code. Right. Well, it's just it's sort of amusing that it's like, yeah, Batman's like, I'm a ninja. I trained as a ninja, and I'm like, you're not really a ninja. Not you're a not just here to get a job done. No. No. Um. Yes. So Batman tells Robin. He actually uses these words of. He says of Kyodai. He and Bruce Wayne were students together in Japan. I don't usually hear Batman refer to Bruce as like another person. Yeah, it's weird, but it's cool. That is cool. Um, yeah. He assesses Kyodai uh, Ken's abilities as good, which coming from Batman means the guy is probably real trouble. Yeah, yeah. Um, next scene is in the newsroom. Summer Gleason is going through some papers with her editor. What do we know about the Bruce after all? All right. I know. So, yeah, this is absolutely written in the era of Donald Trump, yeah. like the sort of the height of his 80s, 90s popularity, right, is like kind of crusty. Like businessman Donald Trump, not right. President Donald Trump. Um, so Summer decides that she's going to crash the Gotham Charities fundraiser that evening, which is going to be at the Gotham Museum. I feel like this is like the fourth or fifth episode with the Gotham Charities ball There's always a charity. Yeah. I think this is just what you have to do when you're rich. Good, you just have to constantly go to charity balls. And good things to rob if you're a thief. <laughs> it's true. Uh, again, we get an establishing shot of Wayne Manor at night. We're inside the kitchen. Dick is sitting on the counter as Alfred washes dishes. Fucking help the man dry the yeah, dishes, dude, Robin. Dude, dude lives on. there for free. He can't help. Come on. Come on, dude. When Dick asks Alfred about Japan, Alfred tells him that he was there and he really liked the tea. I mean, it is good. Is it? Oh, forget about it. Is it different than like Japanese tea you would buy here? Well, it depends on where you get it. 
What do you if you're drink? buying like Itoen green tea or matcha, right? That's going to taste pretty, pretty close. Nowadays, you can get all pretty authentic Japanese tea in America because there's so many specialty stores that carry it. I would highly suggest picking up Itoen green tea in the bottle. It's super strong. Okay. It is super bitter. But after a while, you do get used to it and regular tea just doesn't taste good anymore. Will I gain powers? No. Well, then I'm not drinking it. But you'll feel more at ease. Nope. Don't worry. Right. I'm going to just drink Diet Coke forever. I'm Perfectly sure it's fine. Totally fine for me. You'll be fine. When Dick asks about uh, Kyodai Ken, Alfred tells him that he was the only student who could consistently defeat Bruce. And when Dick mentions that it seems like Bruce might be afraid, Alfred acknowledges that Bruce never admits his fears. That's kind of the most we learn about Bruce in this episode. Yep. We learn more in that scene with Alfred than we learn mm -hmm. in the flashbacks. Bruce picks this moment to walk in. In his tux, he seems pretty fucking surly in this moment. Yeah, he definitely He's hurt. very grim. Um, Alfred can't really make a recovery. He's embarrassed. Like, oh, oh, Mr. Bruce. Oh, oh, he tries to say something, but he already fucked up. Bruce tells them he's on his way to the museum. He'll be back by midnight. Dick asks Alfred if he thinks Bruce overheard him, but we can surmise as the audience, he absolutely overheard. Yep. So now... Now Bruce like kind of has something to prove to even them. We're just like, yeah, this guy always beat me, and I never could, you know. So it's we get a little bit of the martial arts movie yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, you're getting that a little revenge plot. Establishing shot of the Gotham Museum. The sign reads uh, "Charities Reception," I think. Yep. Uh, inside is like the usual crowd of Gotham socialites milling about. You can start to actually like pick out the extras. One fucking guy's wearing a top hat. I'm like, who the fuck are you? It's Gotham. Very strange. They should have killed him in the alley. Yeah, they should have. The camera pans... The top hat man killed mercilessly. Nah. The camera pans over to the um, Japanese artifacts wing. And Bruce is standing before a... Are these katana? These are katanas? Yeah, it's... it's I mean, katana is one of the swords. There's like three different types of swords. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. He's before like a katana display. He reaches out his hand. And that familiar Japanese music... Takes yeah. us into another flashback. I think this is the last flashback. I think so. We seem to be back in the dojo at night, and someone is in the shadows. They're sneaking in. Young Bruce turns on the lights and reveals Kyodai in the process of stealing Yoro Sensei's ancestral blade, which we, we learn now is it's itself. It's like 500 years old. It's plus two weapon. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a plus five vorpal sword. Um, <laughs> it's very valuable is the point. Kyodai tosses it aside, claiming he doesn't need the sword to defeat Bruce. And the two are about to fight when Yoro-sensei busts in, realizing what Kyodai was up to, and he banishes him from the school. Not good. Kyodai swears his revenge, proclaiming that he will destroy all that Bruce, the rich man's son, holds dear, before he destroys him too. And this scene, while I don't dislike it, it kind of proves my point. These flashbacks are way more about Kyodai than yeah. they are about yeah, Bruce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're giving you his backstory, not really Bruce's. Right. So it's like we spent a lot of our time like establishing this character and making him cool and learning about him. And ultimately, the payoff of that is just two episodes. Yeah. This one and the samurai episode, See, and that's it. I think this would have been better if they like did more together. Or something. Yeah. Like, show them as students. Show them spending time together, learning together. Like... I think that's, like, it doesn't really have it that they have that established of a relationship other than they were kind of rivals in school. Right. You know? Yeah. Like Ash Ketchum and Gary Oak. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Gary Oak is cool, though. He was. Ash he's is, cooler than Ash. Ash, Ash is, is such a fucking a, punk. Yeah, he's a total dork. We come back to the present in the museum. Bruce is still staring at the blades. He walks out of the room. It turns out that Summer Gleason was, like, fucking hiding behind, like, the samurai armor or something like that. 
She follows him out to the steps. He asks her why she's been following him because he's Batman. He knows that, you know, he's being followed. And she says these words. She says, I know you don't like me much. But basically she continues to saying that, you know, she's just trying to do her job. And I'm like, do they not like each other? So I guess that's established. I guess so. She follows him into his car when the valet pulls it up because she's got fucking balls. Yeah. And she actually sits with him and she's trying to ask him if this assailant has anything to do with the years that Bruce spent in Japan. So this girl did her homework. Yeah, she did some studying. But then the valet reveals himself and he is cute. (laughs) (laughs) With a stupid goatee. Yeah, the beard stinks. So he hits them with the knockout gas because, of course, yeah. and then the, the valet, who is Kyodai, gets in the car with them and drives them away, and we get driven away into the second commercial break. Now, back at the Batcave, Robin is worried that Bruce is, uh, you know, in danger. He's hours overdue. Alfred sends him off on the Robin cycle, the bird cycle. I don't know. He's got a motorcycle. He's got a bike. It's the same one we see in Robin's Reckoning. He doesn't slide in this one. No Akira bike slide in this one. Sadly. But what's funny is you could tell that maybe they wanted this episode to come first. Yeah. Because it's we get a much more, like, established moment that, hey, Robin has a motorcycle. Yeah. And a much more established moment of what the motorcycle can do because it has that tracking system that's mm-hmm, tracking Bruce's mm-hmm, car. Mm-hmm. That is shown to us in Robin's Reckoning, yeah. but it's explained to us in this episode. So nice. it's like one of those instances where it's like, oh, maybe they always thought they might air this one before that one. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, and so Robin speeds off into the night. We get an exterior shot of kind of one of you know, the main location for the rest of the episode, which is like Wayne Enterprises Storage, which is, I guess, another Wayne Enterprises company. It's got a big water tower on top of the building. Put a pin in that. Yeah. We cut to an interior warehouse that has like big spools of almost what looks like yoga mats or something like that. Or some kind of big fabric um, spools. Like carpet. Kyodai is standing over an unconscious Bruce and Summer Gleason who are just coming to. And this is when Kyodai gives like the big villain monologue. He was forced to become a common thief after he was cast out of the dojo because of Bruce. And, and Bruce's retort is like, I thought you were kicked out of the dojo because you became a thief. Ah, yeah, yeah. touche, Mr. Wayne. Well done. Um, Summer is kind of caught up in all this, even though she didn't want to be, but now she's kind of disappointed to learn that Kyodai is just a common thief. We, the viewers, share your disappointment, Summer. Yeah, I just wish, see, I wish that Kyodai knew that Bruce Wayne was Batman and that there was some sort of, like, he was stealing the style that they practiced in Japan and then he came to America to help. That is better. That's way better. That's a way better episode. That's the better martial arts story. It's like, you can't be using, no. Yeah, unfortunately, the writer here, so I guess Steve Perry, he thinks the more interesting episode, it's that Bruce Wayne fights somebody and then calls upon the powers of Batman. That's not as good. No. It should be like, hey, I've come here on behalf of the people you train with. You stole our secrets. Yep. And you're, yeah. And you're using them and you're training other people. Yeah. That's, oh, you're right. And now you have your own dojo with Robin. That's a way better episode. Uh, yeah. How about this? Mm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, is about to draw his blade to finish them off. But then we cut to the alley and Robin comes inside the building, right? So he's, he's tracked them all the way here. He trips the alarm. And we cut back to Kyodai, who, like, literally stops mid-sword swing. The sword swing that would have killed Bruce. And he's like, ah, oh, an intruder. I better go deal with that. So instead like, of killing Bruce, he's like, I have to go see what this is. I like how Robin's like, nice job, Robin. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're such an idiot. Whoa. He should have brought his skateboard. Yeah, I know. Problem. While he was totally chewing cool. on a fucking Slim Jim. Slim Jim eating some Doritos, drinking yeah. Mountain Dew. <laughs> 
What else can we get? Radical. There? Playing Super Nintendo. Yeah, man. You want to play Sega Genesis with all that blast processing? Break out my pogs, man. Uh, Drink some Ecto Cooler. I got a yo-yo. Yo-mega. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so we get to uh, the rooftop now. Robin and Kyodai are squaring off against each other. And using his blade, Kyodai does his other like super cut thing, the shink, uh, to destroy the water tower's support structure. It comes crashing down on Robin. Miraculously, Robin isn't killed by this. No. And a huge waterfall pours down the side of the building, creating a waterfall, which kind of looks nice. Robin manages to hide himself from the searching Kyodai, and he kind of stealthily sneaks back into the building as the waterfall is happening. Kind of a neat moment. Yeah. Um, we cut back to the inside of the warehouse where Bruce has uh, started to try to free himself. He knocked over a big statue. Mm-hmm. That statue's holding a sword, which yeah. is sharp. Yeah. And he's using that to cut himself free. And Summer's like, Summer Gleason's like looking at him like, You Batman? Is, is he Batman? You Batman? <laughs> like, that's, that's the look, right? She's like, uh, You Batman? This is right. This isn't. This this big handsome billionaire is he? She's looking at him like this. You Batman? He might be Batman. Yeah, I think he's Batman. <laughs> um, uh, Kiyodai chooses this moment to come back just as Bruce is about to free Summer Gleason, and then uh, for whatever reason, Kiyodai like sees Bruce ready to square off against him, and he's like, he just like sticks his sword in the ground. He's like, yeah. no, I won't kill him. I'm gonna fight him hand to hand and beat him mono. like the punk he is. Yeah, that's right. So hilarious! This is this scene's very funny. Yeah, Kyodai beats the shit out of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Bruce Wayne lets himself get beaten. It's pretty I much guess what happens. That's what it is. Yeah, because because you don't want Summer seeing Bruce Wayne be able to fight like Batman. All right, so I have a slightly different reading. Okay, your reading is correct. He can't become Batman and fight the way Batman would, not with Summer watching. Yeah, which Robin will soon fix. But I think it's also like. Kyodai's really in his head. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Bruce Wayne couldn't beat Kyodai. But Batman can. But Batman can. I think it's part of that, too. Yeah, yeah. He's not Batman in this instance. Right. So, uh, Bruce is getting beaten so badly, he gets, like, a black eye. Um, Summer Gleason actually shrieks, Stop it! Can't you see he's no match for you? Uh, he never was, <laughs> says <Whoa>. Kyodai. <laughs> um... Robin kind of understands what's happening here. He grabs some of that yoga mat spool and he covers up Summer Gleason with it, which I think is pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd probably die. But now, him putting the fabric on her like that is like putting the mask back on Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because now Bruce can just be Batman again. And he changes his voice and everything. He changes his voice. He changes his whole fighting style. Mm-hmm. And now he comes for Kyodai, and Kyodai realizes, like, oh shit, this is another different guy. I'm about to get my fucking ass handed to and me. And he does. All right. So now, against a much more powerful opponent, Kyodai realizes he's got to get out of here. Um, he picks up another statue, he breaks the window, he jumps out of the window into the industrial river below, and we cut to Bruce's expression. We cut to Bruce's expression at the window. And then we cut to a shot of Kyodai's sword still stuck in the floor of the warehouse. And perplexingly, that's basically the last big moment of the episode. Yeah. It's crazy to me Lovely. that that's how the fight is resolved. It's very good. We have our last scene. An exterior shot of Wayne Manor the next morning. Dick and Bruce are sitting down to breakfast. That's a fucking good-looking breakfast, by yeah, the way. Yeah, man, I want it. Dick asks what Bruce told Summer at the end. The truth. That Batman showed up and defeated him. Ah. The police have had uh, the police have no trace of Kyodai, and Bruce finally thanks Dick for his help. It would have been difficult to defeat Kyodai with Summer watching, maybe even impossible. We get a look of approval from Alfred, a smile on Dick's face, 
And then like a wide shot of the men with the table with like this. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, there's like a rising sun image behind them with the Japanese yeah, music. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. For um, us. and that's the end of the episode. Yuck. Yeah, not not not. It's a really weak ending. Yeah, it's weak ending, and it's yeah, just laying on the cultural insensitivity. Uh, yeah. But Mike, give me your closing thoughts on the defeat of Kyodai to the yeah. end of the episode, and your I, closing thoughts on Night of the Ninja. This whole episode feels like a near miss. It feels like there's something that could have been excellent here. Uh, more of a revenge story, yeah. more of a connection between Batman and the ninja, all of this stuff. Also, the term ninja does not need to need to be singular. You know, the ninja oh, right. is yeah. also could have been multiple, multiple. Ninja. And I, I, I think the the idea here is oh, that oh, we don't say ninjas. Is that not a thing? I, I, you're supposed to say the ninja. No, yeah, right. Whoops. The, the ninja. You could say ninjas. It's not really a big deal. You won't tell them. I won't. Okay. No, they're fine. You won't um, tell the ninjas. All right. No, I won't tell the ninjas. But. Ultimately, I just think it's weak. I don't like them ninjas at all, Will. Oh, what do we do? It's hunting season. So, <laughs> I think ultimately, um, it's just an episode that just fails to deliver. Yeah. Completely. I would love to see, you know, Batman's history and Bruce Wayne's history in Japan and stuff with the underbelly and all that stuff too, but they me don't get too. that. Me uh, too. We don't get that in this episode. No. For me, the episode actually feels like it's not... It just feels focused on the wrong thing. Yep. It's focused on, hey, during his training, he had a bad time with this one guy. Yep. And that's not that interesting. That's not as interesting as what he might have actually learned in his training. Yeah. Definitely. I agree completely. Right. Because the thing we're invested in is is Batman becoming Batman. Yeah. Not, hey, this guy cute. I was real mean to Bruce before he, he was Batman. And he robbed the dojo. Yeah. Like, uh, and now he's robbing Wayne. I would like to see, like... Hey, this was the origin of the Batarang. Hey, this was the origin of this other maneuver that he does. Like, we see the shades of that, but it's not really explicitly stated. It's not not really there. And then, of course, this has the flattest of flat endings. It's it's like, we don't really get the fight between Batman and Kyodai, and then the guy fucking disappears. He runs away. You know, it's it's just flat. There's a nice moment with Dick Grayson at the end, but it's like too little, too late. Yep. Uh, and the episode's not about having gratitude towards Dick Grayson. I don't know. No, I'm, he saves him twice. It's a miss. It's, it's a miss. It's a bad episode. It's a miss. Um, all right. I think I think that's it. What are, we're talking about? Oh wait, hang on. Ranking in the series, bottom third for me. Whoa, it's low. It's low. low. I wouldn't say bottom 10, no, though, but it's pretty low. It's low. It's better than bottom 10, but it's low. Speaking of the bottom 10. Oh, yeah. Can't Mike, wait. what will you be covering next week? Cat Scratch Fever. Cat Scratch Fever. Yeah. Well, you know, we haven't seen Catwoman in a while, yeah, so that would be good and, to see and, uh, her again. It'd be great for her to have a good episode. But she will not. But we'll have a great time talking That's about true. it. That's true. Thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast for Mike Staub and all the ninjas. I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. If you want to support the show, you can find us all over social media at Batman Tasticast on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And if you would like to help us become more visible as a show out there, please give us a review, leave a comment, give a five-star review. That really, really helps us out if you do that. And if you just want to talk to Jordan and I, just reach out to us. We're pretty uh, available out there on social media, so feel free to leave a message or reach out. And Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.